This is a test of the Boundary Park Alert System. Welcome to episode 33 of the Boundary Park Alert System with me, Matt Dean. This week, I'm joined by half of Push the Boundary. I've got Dan Taylor. Hello, Dan. Yeah, mate. You okay? Yeah, good, mate. And Will Goff. Hello, Will. Hello, hello. Episode 33. I know, yeah. And that doesn't include bonus episodes. Every week, apart from Christmas, when does it ever get boring watching Latics? <laughs> I'm glad that the season's ending, put it that way, especially yeah. after today's... Uh debacle yeah so we're recording this like five o'clock on saturday di- directly after watching latics get drubbed at mansfield dan sent in a in a whatsapp uh to be honest mate it's going to be a rant so uh i suggest we just let you get on with it go on dan rant away mate <laughs> uh, it, it's it just typifies what the whole season's been about the the, the leaking of goals at the back and and, and to be fair the, the scoreline flattered us rather than mansfield i mean the, every time you looked at the screen it was Wave after wave of Mansfield attack, and had, had they had Mansfield, Mansfield been able to finish, it finished probably eight or nine, really. And you, you just look at like the base and the core of the side that we've got for next season, and we've got like twelve, I think, signed already signed for next season, and there's not many of them that really fill you with much confidence. Uh, I'll be honest. I mean, I, just going through them, you've got like Piergiani, Fage, Jameson, Badan, Diara, Whelan, Keeladun, Adams. Bahambula, Blackwood, Durnley. It's uh, wholesale changes again, isn't it? It's like we, we have to have wholesale changes because the team that we have at the moment is just not good enough. No. We got the, There are bits of quality and we're keeping one or two of them maybe and we've and we still got the dross. And it's, it's back to square one again, ready for the start of next season. It's just sick of it. I mean, you, you just look at it and you, you just, there's nothing that suggests uh, within the club that, next season's going to be any better than this season or the one that's gone before that. I mean, it, it just doesn't fill you with any confidence whatsoever of of a club moving forward in any way, shape or form. We before Just before we press record, it was, I, I'm just checking where we were in the league and it's we're 18th. Uh, earlier on in the year, uh, you and I, Dan, predicted that we would be... Well, we did a prediction, didn't we? I can't remember. It's quite a while ago now. And, 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 and I went for 16th and you went for 16th. And I think Gaz was on, Gaz Palooza, and he went for 14th or something like that. So we weren't exactly thinking optimistically at the time. No. Currently 18th with one game to go. Top scorers, top conceders, like everything about it is... is <laughs> you know, well, because people see it. on social media, don't you? Like, people, what is going on at Oldham? Like, what's going on with all these goals and then all these... and, and we're finishing 18th so I picked up from what Mikey was saying on the commentary about the players signing and things like that he sounded very much like Curl was the man for next season it's not been confirmed has it and obviously we know that he is in talks but the way that Mikey were talking I picked up that it sounded like he was referring like as if he knew that it was maybe a done deal what do you think? I'm looking at the press recently with Curl and like, you know, the olden times and the olden cron and things with him. It, it, it does seem like he's, he's talking about being here next season. Um, you know, the things that he's doing with the team and the club, it, it's pointing that way, but I suppose it's, he's got to work out whether he can sort out a contract that's going to work for him and whether he's going to be able to get the players that he wants. 
is that one cause for optimism, do you think, if we can keep Curl? Is that something to be positive about as we finish the season, Dan? What do you think? Yes, uh, on the basis that uh, he's managed to get Northampton out of the division previously. And it looks like he is an experienced League 2 manager. So on that basis, yes. Uh, he's been very critical of his the the tools that he's got at his disposal. And like I said before, we've got 10 or 12 of them already signed for next season. So if he does want wholesale changes, how to move the ones out that he's already got contracted will be tough, I should imagine, other than a, a presumably Bahambula, who you could use the only saleable asset of the club. Other than that, it, it, he needs... It, it, if Curl's going to be there, he's got to have full control over recruitment and doubt that's likely under the current ownership and he, he needs more than a, a one-year contract as well yeah you know if we're going to be signing people who you know he's got a bit of a proven track record it might not be to everyone's taste but like we're saying about wholesale changes every season you know changing the manager all the time we need some continuity we need to give the fans some sense of we're actually planning for the future not going from one season to the next you know hire a, hire a manager and give him a one-year contract hire a manager give him a one-year contract you know that's not longevity that's not planning for the future that's thinking if we sack him then you know we sack him on the cheap and we don't have to pay off a two-year contract so just going off that that's the that's a real major concern at the, at the club and it has been really since the day that the current ownership took over the club that there's there's no plan there whatsoever, is there really? I mean, if they were going to, if they wanted a experienced League Two manager, you could have bypassed this season and stuck with Dino from last year, and and not even experiment with Harry Kuehl and and then go back and go, oh, well, actually, we'll go with Keith Curl this time. Well, ultimately, it's just another waste of a season, another what waste of another waste of people's time over over this year. Albeit there's been well a lot of goals within our games to watch. That's the only positive for me that's come out of this season that there's been goals to see and there hasn't been games of nil 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 one one nil so whilst you sat at home you might be as well be watching goals and and finishing 18th and not watching goals and finishing 18 i just want to get out of this league i don't care how many goals we score we could if we get out of this league we score 40 goals this season conceded none <laughs> and you know what i mean bare minimum 100%. one nil every every game that'll do me i'm not bothered like 100%. We've got to get out of this division. Like that is that is the priority, and we know already. Like that, players have been signed since Curl had been here, without him having signed a contract for next season. So we know more is offering contracts to players that he wants to keep. Whether he thinks that some of these players are going to get sold, so he thinks, well, I'll give him. A, you know, someone's going to come in for Dylan Fage. You know, I mean, it's any day now, isn't it? You know what I mean? <laughs> I've got um, performance today. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, but that's what they seem to think, don't they? they think, I think they think that they've got a player in Dylan Fage, and as long as they keep him, at some point, someone's going to come in and say, yeah, he's quick. I mean, when he, you don't know what he's doing when he's got the ball, and he can't defend, but he's quick. <sighs> players well, well, and teams do tend to get better in time. So one of the one of the hopes is that. If at least we've got, you know, I know that what you were saying before, Dan, that there's there's not enough quality in that 12. There is some quality in the 12 and keeping them and having some familiarity into next season will be a bonus. I think that that is better than what the situation we've had in recent years where we've been starting, to, you know, with six players or something like that. I mean, teams do grow together. So I'm, I'm clutching at straws here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to be positive. 
but push the boundary have become a little bit more aggressive in their tone in terms of the ownership not not nastily aggressive but just i should say probably more direct and you've 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 said enough is enough and and it, and, and i guess you were just and obviously that's your personal opinion but you've obviously thought you know in, in terms of speaking for the fan base it was time to to be a bit more direct about it yeah well, it's not about him walking away or anything it's about it just really asking and hoping that he can he can find someone to take it off his hands you know cut your losses and and take something for, for it rather than spending your money every month on wasted em- enterprise that you've lost sh- shitloads of money on already mm-hmm. you know just cut your losses and sell up yeah because as the old chant goes you don't know what you're doing nope 100% I mean like, like Will said there it, it's more a plea for him to put the club up for sale publicly and let let parties in and around that in and around football that may want to take a football club on come and approach him and the hope that he takes a a, a reasonable offer for the football club. I mean, it sadly the football club on its own is not worth anywhere near what the rumored price of Abdal that Abdallah wants for it. I mean, it, like we we know of a couple of bids from last summer that he turned down, which we believe to be in the region of 1.5 million. And ultimately, he's just going to carry on losing, like Will said, losing money hand, hand over fist and ultimately tread water in a division that's absolutely dreadful. Yeah. He's only going to end up losing more money, isn't he? Because the moment he puts into it, he's, the, the offer's not going to rise, is it? No one's just going to nope. come in and all of a sudden double, triple, quadruple the offer. It's just not going to happen. He's just going to end up losing money. So... Unless he's got something hidden up his sleeve in terms of extra investment or something, and and he's planning on changing wholesale how he how he runs the club, then he really has no other option, does he, than sell the club? He's lost the fans. He's lost. He's losing sponsors. The the you know fourth season into League Two now. We finished what seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Is it something like that along those lines? Anyway, you know, dreadful. More, he's continuing in this position. We know he's left the country at the end of the season. It's just very demoralising, isn't it? It's very, very hard at this stage in the season now to feel a great deal of optimism about things being any better if everything it, continues the same. Yeah, I mean, it's got to be demoralising for him. No, having a, having a football club where he's losing loads of money and it's just not working. You know, he thought he could come in and do it his way and wouldn't listen to anyone and it's not worked and I think it's too late for him to listen to anyone I think it's too late for him to turn the ship around it's gone gone on too long and there's no way he's going to bring it back barring a miracle I mean the, the season ticket sales speak for itself as well I mean the, uh, when we spoke to Carl Evans the other day he seemed that the, seemed that the club had, were relatively happy with the, the amount sold then when you get the breakdown and there's like just over 600 adults that have bought season tickets at a price that is as low as it's ever been in certainly recent history, it just the, the fan base is completely depleted and and it's there's no way back. For, yeah. Certainly, in my opinion, and yeah, even even getting the north stand open, you know, it's it's not only going to put a few hundred more on. I reckon. I think they've they've annoyed people so much that they're not coming back for the foreseeable. Yeah, and the, the, to be fair, the, the North Stand is the, is to me the the biggest insult to the fan base because you've got a, a, a stand there that's 
that is a really, really good facility to for fans to sit in, for fans to use. I know there's like the fan bar in there and stuff like that. And the fact that it's been closed for like 14 months, I know fans have not been able to be at 10 matches this season, but had they been, it wouldn't have been open. So who are they running this club for? Because if they're running this club for the, for the in the best interests of the club and the supporters, then the, the North Stand isn't in any way, shape or form needing to be closed for 14 months, is it? No, and it's just, I mean, I know you. one of the other bits of news from the week is that you're, you're not going to be speaking to Carl on, on a monthly basis anymore. I think there was, there was certainly a sense of frustration from fans on social media uh, in, in terms of the response from, from Carl. It, it seemed to have got to the point where he wasn't able to say or wouldn't say of, of, of any progress on, on a number of things. And it's just kind of the frustration. You had to sort of, you had to do something about it, didn't you? You had to say that this is not good enough and this is a waste of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't I mean, just want to be seen as, you know, turning up just to be fed whatever you're going to feed us. No. Uh, he, he was talking about, like, trying to speak to the owners on, on the North Stand front, and that's that's where the issue seems to, be, seems to lie with the ownership and the landlord slash people running the OEC. Um, he said he's, he's trying to make progress, and he's, he's made some progress, but, you know, the longer that drags on, you know, the more, more it hurts the fans. And it's obvious that Abdallah doesn't care about resolving it for the sake of the fans on the grounds of a relationship with the landlord or the guys running the OEC. You know, so he's putting a putting a personal feud in front of in front of the fans. It doesn't seem that he wants to really get involved in anything, Abdallah. He's he, he's out of the country, he's he's not involved. Whatever issues there have been haven't been resolved in a satisfactory manner. You know, David Wheat's situation wasn't sorted properly, North Stand, more recruitment managers, all these things, nothing, all the problems that we've had, nothing gets resolved in a way hey, where you go, hey, okay, hey, fair hey, play. Hey, 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 Barry's gone. Barry, <laughs> yeah, Barry's gone. Yeah, well, there is that, but that's not enough. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. I mean, just going back to our conversation, with, uh, a meeting with Carl Evans last week and, and obviously our subsequent change in tact that suggests that we weren't uh, going to be meeting, meeting him every month we we did that on behalf of obviously the supporters that have really suggested that, that we're not really getting very far with the with the meetings, getting very little information or very very little progress being seen, and ultimately that that's what we're there to do to to serve the fans or the majority of the fans' opinions and and go with go with that. And that, that's why certainly we took that step. So. It hasn't always been, in, it's not all been in vain. We released the notes after after the meeting with Carl and, you know, there were a lot of questions that went unanswered and th- there's questions that aren't going to be answered. You know, they're not going to say why the sponsors have walked and they're not going to say what's happened with Barry. Um, so we're kind of not expecting answers, but you, you're kind of hoping that something would come out. Yeah. And you have the to other, ask. Yeah, we do. But the other the other thing with this meet with the meetings regular meetings that we've had and it's been the main thing is about us passing on the fans' frustrations and everything that the fans are feeling to Carl, so he can then act on it. So it's not just you know asking him questions and trying to get answers. It's also about us giving that feedback to the club so they can act on it. Yeah. Um. And you know I think it's probably been partially successful, but it's obviously not got anywhere substantial yet yeah i mean at the end of the day 
if it's falling on deaf ears, once it goes from Carl to the owners, then it's, you know, and, and it does, we do, it does, we do get the feeling that it does fall on deaf ears. So it's frustrating. Mean, I think frustration is the one word that you would use to sum up everything to do with being a Latics fan for such a long time that frustration is just, it's palpable. You, you can feel it everywhere. I'm thinking about the trust who we had on, sorry, the foundation who we had on last week on the podcast. You know, there's a huge amount of frustration towards them. There's a huge amount of frustration from fans about that. Seems to be a lot of talk and not much action. And I think, I, I guess that was part of the reason why PTB was put together in the first place was we need some action. And and you guys have, have done a lot in the time that you've, that you've been around. What did you make of the interview i know we, i know you've been speaking to the trust as a group but um what did you think of the of the interview on the podcast last week um they're, they're in a difficult position um they're obviously trying to do a lot behind the scenes um you know they've been working on the strategy they've been working on various things and you don't see a lot of output from it but the i guess there is work going on on there and you know, one of the things that I wish they would do is is come out and say a lot more about what they are doing. Take up your offer. Come on, come on the podcast more often, and you know, just give a little bit of an update. It doesn't have to be in depth or anything. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a Nixon Frost interview every time you speak to him. You know, it, it could be something a bit more lighthearted. And but that's that's on them to to come and speak to you, I think, and and say, you know, you've got this platform. Why don't why don't we why don't we use you? I've found it very frustrating, Will, because they've had the office to come on and it sort of felt like I've had to drag them on a little bit. And and then when I've, when I've got them on, you know, there's been people accusing me of being a little bit hard on them. Well, I, I, could, have been, I could have been harder. And it, like you were saying about asking Carl and putting things to Carl, it's your responsibility. Well, whenever, if I have whoever it is on the podcast, it's my responsibility to ask them questions that feed into the frustration of the fans and... If 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 they did put like so, I think it's just a, a you know a great point and and it's something that I said to myself. If you communicate more often, you're not going to have to go through the whole rigmarole of of big long interviews. People will know and 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 the information will be out there, and it will be a lot easier for them. And I'm kind of getting frustrated of hearing the two things I'm getting frustrated of hearing are we all we're all volunteers and we have full time jobs. Well, we know that, um, and uh, that we need someone to sort the comms out. Like <laughs> this is a common. This has been going on for. Get it sorted, then. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, if you've not got enough people to run uh, on the board, get more people on the board. Um, find them, you know, um, because that's that's your job. We can't do that for you. Um, we give you a platform. It's just frustration. I'm not having a go at anyone. I'm just. It's just. I'm trying to express frustration, and I think that that because that is. I think the overwhelming emotion that we feel as fans is is that frustration. And I'm sure they do as well. I'm sure they're frustrated as well. But to me, it just kind of like, it's yeah. like you keep repeating the same thing about the things that you need rather than getting it and, and, and getting those things sorted. And it gets more frustrating then as, as a result. So, I mean, how has your offer of help gone down and support um, that you've got? Because, you know, I mean, straight away, you've got four extra bodies there that can that can do 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 work. So, so we we met them. There's, there's nothing, you know, fully tangible coming out of that the discussions yet. But you know, we we want to talk to them on a regular basis and try and 
find a bit of a common ground and something where we can help each other. So, you know, I had a meeting with them them recently and, you know, they've gone away to, to have a think about what we've been discussing and we're going to have a, a think about have a think about a few things and you know hopefully regroup again in a week or two and you know, keep going at it is it a bit more frequent now communication than it was with them well, it's, well, it's, it's more frequent than it was yeah because we've had like two in two in two weeks recently yeah. so it depends on they're going away and doing a bit of like a fact-finding exercise so i think it kind of have to wait and see what they what they do on that front and then we don't know when it'll be we haven't got anything booked in yet to meet them again but i think it's been positive i mean it's been it, I'm, I'm not gonna lie it, it was a bit tough as well you know a couple of disagreements but i, th- I think that that's healthy and uh, kind of needed to clear the air and then move forward from it i've just said a load of words there that didn't really make a lot of sense <laughs> basically you know we are talking to each other and you know we're gonna see if we can work and help each other yeah Danny, you got anything to say? There's not really been a lot to add from from myself. I mean, I've been relatively busy. I know when you said about volunteers, I mean, obviously we are as well, and with full time jobs and that, I've been relatively busy re- more recently. So I went on the last meet, the previous meeting with the trust personally, and I, I, I can't really speak for the podcast because from last week, so I've not had time to listen to it yet, unfortunately. Danny's Danny's been coaching. He's been doing really well. He's in finals. Yeah, our, yeah, our women's team of, uh, that I'm coaching at has got to the uh, League Cup final, so we got there on Wednesday night. Beat, nice. Beat Boost Town 3-1, so into the final against Stockport. Well, at least you've got some football glory to uh, to tag on to this season, at least. So Definitely. That's it. It's better you don't put all your eggs in one basket when it comes to being a Lassics fan, is it? You know, you spread your uh, your football options out a little bit more. Yeah, <laughs> well, we, uh, we all went down there and watched watched him, um, but not watched him because he, he was just doing nothing on the on the touchlines. <laughs> yeah. We watched the watched the girls play. Was that the quarterfinals? West, uh, yeah, West Didsbury, one four one. I was walking through the park a couple of nights ago, and uh, there was just some lads on the floodlights on the Astro just having a kick about. And it was just, it was the first game of football I've seen for so long. I stood there and watched it, you know, like it was just like a mixed bunch of all like 40 plus kind of thing. But it was, uh, it was just great to watch a game of football up close it, under the lights. It was really good. They probably thought you were a pervert. Well, yeah, they, they did. Yeah. 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 They chased me off in the end. Um, but um, now I was chatting to a goalkeeper, you know, he didn't have much to do. Um, but it was just nice to watch a game under the yeah. lights. And uh, it's nice to see it back. You know, obviously next season we want to, we're at that point again, aren't we, where we're all dying to get to the football and not everyone can go away every week. You know, it's a nice thing where you say, all right, well, I want to back the team, but I don't want to back the owners, so I'm not going to go up to Boundary Park. Because, that, you know, you were talking about season ticket sales and stuff, Dan, before. Yeah. There's a lot. The, the fan base is still there. You, you know, if you've been an Oldham fan over the last 30 years, whatever, you, you've not changed that allegiance. You're not, you don't all of a sudden support somebody else. You just don't go anymore because of all the reasons that we've talked about regular. But, the, you know, the away following, I should imagine, should we able to should we be able to go in numbers next season will be great. I'm, it's such I'm, a shame. I'm really looking forward to an away match. Yeah, so am I, yeah, I know. <laughs> but the, but the, what we need people packing Boundary Park every week, don't we, because the club needs the money, but... I don't know if we're, I don't know how you're thinking about it because it's a it's a dilemma. It is a dilemma. What do you do? Do you know what I mean? What do you do? Do you, you want to go? You want to pay? You know? You want to watch the games? But do you go because you don't want to back the owners? It's 
you know, it's, it's not necessarily a question for PTB. It's, a, it's more of a question for just generally to fans. I think there's a lot of us that, I think a lot of us that maybe might go to the odd game just to, you know, just to get the experience and, and whatnot, but would do that rather than going to 10, 15, 20 games in a season. Definitely. I mean, uh, speaking for myself, I've not bought a season ticket and I can't really see much change in my mind at, at this stage either. Um, I mean, the, the price didn't, bother me. Um, I thought they were very good prices on the season tickets. Whether you bought it in the early bird uh, or beyond that, it, it, there wasn't a huge gap pricing, so it wouldn't be because of that. I, I I think I might just wait, or will be waiting, to see, one, what happens with Keith Curl, two, what the summer signings look like, and, what, what, and three, if there's any signs of positivity in moving forward for next year and not just seeing a club that's just going to tread water every beyond every season, personally. I'm not sure whether they are planning to stick around or not. It's very, very difficult to to gauge whether they want to sell the club, uh, like we referred to earlier, whether they're waiting for an unrealistic offer that's never going to materialise, um, how that would then have a negative impact. Because it would because they're not likely to invest, are they, seriously? If they're waiting for an offer that is unrealistic, they're not going to invest in the kind of numbers that are needed for next season. So really, we're going to find out everything we need to know about the Lemsigan's intentions between now and start next season, aren't we? And if they want fans to come in and pay while they're owners, they're going to have to do something radically different than what they've done up till this point. And the ball is really in their court, isn't it? They're going to have yeah. to do something serious with in terms of management. If they give it curl, they're going to have to let curl get on with it, and they're going to have to publicly state that that is the case, and they're going to have to remove more from the equation. And yeah, I know you were shaking your head. Well, they're not going to. That's nope. that's the that's the point, though. They, but they're going to have to do something like this. They're going to have to appease the fans to some degree and say, "Look, we need to get you in the stadium. We need the money." We're going to have to give you something in return because what they want is for us to spend our money, but they're not offering us anything in return. They're they're just sort of like, well, you've just got to keep believing in us. And we're like, well, we've got no reason to believe in you. So there has to be some kind of exchange of faith, doesn't there? I mean, if Keith Curl is in charge, I think it'll be fairly uh, easy to work out whether Curl's recruited the players or not on the basis that Keith Curl at all the other clubs has done his business in the transfer market extremely early as in the back at like middle to the back end of May. Mm. So the club would then have to pay for the contract through through that period. What, you mean because he actually wants to prepare it's, his squad like before the start of the season? So that they might have the it's, a, it's a radical idea, we know. That sounds ridiculous. No, <laughs> you want to get... No, no, no. Okay, well, carry on, Dan. But, I mean... he, he also, his first <laughs> three signings at a football club are also the spine of his team. So a centre-half, a centre midfield and a centre-forward. And it'll be fairly easy to work out whether that is the case or whether that's not the case, whether if Keith Curl does take the option or is given the option to be the head coach for next season. Going back to Keith Curl and whether he's going to be here next next season, I, personally, I think you know, part of the reason for the shit show today was that, you know, the, the changes that he made to the starting 11. And I think he's probably casting his eye over a few of the players to see whether he wants them here next season. Now, I know Garrett is on loan, but, you know, it worries me that you know, we're thinking about taking him on permanently. Uh, that'll probably keep me awake tonight. <laughs> um, but yeah, Barnes and who else did he? 
did he start with? Barfoot was... Jackson. He's, he's, I think we've got an option on Barfoot Jackson. Yeah. Mm. So I, I think I think personally, it's a case of looking at the players from a starting point, starting a match, and seeing whether they're going to be able to cut it next season or whether it's something he can work with. I mean, that midfield without Alfie McCarmon is just. Just, but we're not I mean, going to have him next no, season. No, exactly, he's gone. So, like, there's no, there's no replacement in the squad already for for Alfie, is there? So, obviously, like you were saying there, Dan, I can imagine Keith Kill's first one of his first signings is going to be a decent central central midfielder, or a couple of decent central midfielders is what he needs <laughs> in it. Decent <laughs> centre half, decent centre forwards, and then then we've got to fill other positions, haven't we? We've got to fill wing wing back positions if that's where he wants to play. The the big problem is here, though, again, it, it's just a sense of frustration and another season wasted because, again, rewind back to like August last year, we, we've got Dino in charge who's been a League Two manager at Stevenage and got them into the playoffs. Then you've got a centre-half in David Wheater who then inevitably got frozen out and, and never played a single minute when we conceded nearly, I don't know how many we've conceded, can't be far off eight. 400 now. goals. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got a centre midfielder in Chris McCann who dominated the games that he was involved in and then you've got a striker in Danny Rowe albeit some people don't like Danny Rowe because of his uh, potential like his work ethic and what have you but it, there was goals in Danny Rowe so you, you could build your team around Wheater, McCann and Rowe with Dino in charge all of a sudden you just basically get all the cards and la- launch them up in the air David Weeds is frozen out. Danny Rowe gets sold in January and Chris McCann falls out with the owner and, and then ends up leaving before his contract's renewed. Then Dino's then sacked. So, And why was he sacked? Because he didn't have the, the chance to recruit the players that he had yep. met. And, <laughs> mm-hmm. and they brought in John Batty against his will, against Dino. Against, every, against everybody's will. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, you're jeopardising, you know, managerial... Um, continuity and you know it's like yeah okay we're bringing in John Batty that's going to fix everything and it's just going to piss everyone off again yeah and I know he's not a manager at Burton but look at what they've done since they've appointed Hasselbank and, and Dino yeah no he's a, he's a good guy Dino he talks well I'd say he's really good around I'd say he's really good with players I'd say like you know he's he, he I like I like him I think and he was and he was doing well because he brought in players that and started to build a team that was doing all right and and they i think the owners want it to be pretty they want us to win and this is why it's kind of like football manager stuff they 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 think that they can we don't need it to be pretty we just need to bleed in win and get out of this division and and take it from there that's all we need to do somebody who knows what they're doing uh, look at some of the teams we've played look at some of the teams we've played in league two and you know it's dross Mm. For, for Bolton to have the start that they did and for them to be up there now mm. just shows you what it's like. You know, you get a half-decent manager in with the, the decent signings, you get the team playing together and you can go up there. It's There's one word, it's consistency. It's all it's about, consistency. Win more than you lose. I mean, Harry Kuehl going on about, do you remember Harry Kuehl saying that no teams in this division keep clean sheets. I mean, I, I think he might have been like maybe he's on drugs or something. Harry Kuehl, like, mm-hmm. what we were going on about because, like, you know, when you go back and look at what some of the stuff that he was talking about, you win games by scoring goals. Like, you know, he, he, no emphasis on defense whatsoever. It's been a crazy year. Um, you know, it's the next, it's the last game next next week, and I guess we'll do a bit of a, a season review towards the, you know, as as and if season finale. But like, it has been a crazy year. We've had this kind of gung ho 
attitude um, under Kewell. <laughs> I, I, I beggars belief. I, I can't sort of get my head around it that we are where we are again. It's been a long, hard season. It's exhausting. And, I mean, our uh, end. Uh, this, this is how depressing it gets. Our end goal next week, uh, after for, before the game next week, is to try and fight for our seventeenth position that we generally f- finish in, and to stop Forest Green Rovers getting in the League Two playoff places. Currently, sat twenty-one points behind Morecambe, who can get automatic promotion from this division. And when we asked Carl Evans the other day about, and he said that he, he felt really low coming out of Morecambe because. They've got a similar budget and that they're up near the top fighting for the automatic promotion spots. And again, Morecambe haven't got anything spectacular. They've got a lot of players, good work, good hard working, honest players who have all played quite a lot of League Two football. There's, n- there's nothing groundbreaking no. in that to get them up to fourth. Con- and- continuity. Yeah, exactly. Consistency. They've had they've had players there for you know two, three four seasons you know it's keeping that team together and then you know you got to get got the the work ethic continuing all the time and you you know rather than trying to rebuild it every season you're just kind of topping it up yeah forest green is in their hands next week so they're going to be bang up for it if they win next week they're in the playoffs so chances are we'll get beaten next week by forest green um unless they bottle it and you know that's going to be really where could we end up finishing then well Warsaw, yeah, we could finish 19th because Warsaw could finish above us. Uh, Colchester can't catch us. We finished 19th in, in League Two as top scorers. Uh, and no excuses. You know, like last season, we could have finished a bit higher because obviously it got cancelled before the end of the season. But there's no excuses this season. They got the man in that they wanted, Harry Kewell, who obviously wasn't good enough. They recruited the players that they wanted between them, who obviously weren't good enough. So there's no excuses, is there? They've run out of excuses. We're just going to have to wait and see what what they decide to do. I mean, the major the major concern in this as well is, if you look throughout our team, McElhaney is likely to leave at the end of the season to go higher mm-hmm. um, for another season, potentially in League One or certainly at the top end of League Two with uh, with whoever. Um, then you've got Bahambula. I'd be amazed if we don't if we don't cash in on him, yeah. given that he's the only saleable asset that that we've got. If you take them two out and McCallman goes back to Leeds, there's not really that much left, is there? George Blackwood. George Blackwood. <laughs> yeah, he's he's yet to shine, isn't he? You know, next season might be his year. You never Piss, know. What was it? Piss twenty-one goals this this season. Was when when we signed him, he's got three. Hmm? He's got three. Yeah. He's not played much in fairness, has he? He's just you know he's just been taking a taking his wage and uh, getting acclimatized. From uh, Australia, I mean, you look. I'm not going to be overly critical of people like George Blackwood. He's not really had a chance to prove himself. You know, like maybe he'll come good. You know what I mean? We you, the signs aren't great, but I try to be positive about those kind of that, those kind of players. You know, maybe you know, maybe they listen to the podcast. Maybe they need a bit of you know motivation. So go on, George, you can do it, lad. But same, same with the and Bad Annan. Well, I'm not going to go so far as to to, to praise uh, Diara. I mean, how he got another contract is beyond me. And it's those kind of things, isn't it? It's those kind of things that, regardless of the... what, Don't give Diara a contract. Let the new manager come in and let him decide whether he wants to keep Diara. Moore is signed him for another reason. Again, like he like he's done with Dylan Farge and Badan. You know, he's signed him for a different reason. It's not because they're good enough for this division, because they're not. 
So if, if he believes that, then Jesus. Then what? He doesn't know what he's doing. He shouldn't be a sporting director of a League <laughs> Two football club. You're absolutely right, Will. And again, exactly. the sporting director role. Bolton had the sporting director role at, uh, up until when we were neck and neck with them and Tranmere in the league when the predictions were made on on the podcast. Mm. They've then changed their structure and given the money, the changed it in Everton manager and given the January transfer window to get the players in that he wanted. And they're going, I know they ended up bottling it today against Exeter and lost in the last minute. But that's a shame. Yeah, they're still in, uh, <laughs> they're still in pole position to, and Destin is still in their own hands, which tells it all you need to know, really, doesn't it? And you know, Bolton Wanderers have no right being in this division. They should, they should come down and go back up again. And, you know, the same. You'd think it's a club like Bradford. It, it doesn't happen, does it? It doesn't happen like that. You know, all the time. It can be hard, and the longer you're there, there are the harder it gets. And that's the problem with us now. You know, Oldham Athletic in fourth division. It should have been one of those quick bounce back jobs. Well, said that about the championship, and then League I One. I know, I know, but you know, the longer. I mean, is it? We had no right to bounce back out of this division, but. We could maybe we could have done uh, had they not fired uh, the managers at, at, like they did at the, at the rate that they did. But with every season that goes by, it's going to get harder and harder and harder because we're going to become more and more a League Two club and more and more of a, a of a League Two budget. And we can see how difficult it is. It's depressing, isn't it? It really is. It really Sell is. the club. Yeah. I'm looking it, forward to the end of the fail. season and uh, and having a break from the podcast. I think. I mean, the, the thing <laughs> is with it. If there's news, then we'll we'll record. Do you know what I mean? Uh, and there's bound to be something happening. Isn't there? There's always something happening. There's bound to be some things that that, that are going to appear and, and and be newsworthy. And we'll just have to see what those things are. But I I, I guess it's a case to watch this space in terms of of what we're going to do as fans in reaction to the ownership over the summer, over the the new year. Uh, sorry, not the new year. The new season. In terms of how mobilized we become how you know if we're going to protest if we're going to start taking action because we're all fed up now this can't carry on and you know fans being back in the stadiums next season um hopefully you know being able to gather being able to to, to make our voices heard a lot more publicly we're going to have to aren't we if, if something doesn't change the big one. yeah that's going to be the big one obviously you know we can't do anything at the moment no, because there's still fine, you know, ten grand fines being dished out if you organise anything. Yeah. But you know, start of the season if things haven't changed, then hopefully we're back in in the ground and we can actually do something about it. Yeah, or outside the ground at least. Definitely. Yeah, we're going to have to, and you know, we're going to need to hear from the foundation Oldham as well and what their views are because you know they want to start this contingency fund. They, they, you know, they the the on the basis that at some point the club is going to need support uh, uh, financially um, or saving or whatever. But, you know, we're in a pretty bad way as it is. And we're going to need to know what their thoughts are should the current ownership continue to manage the club in the way that it's doing it. So big moments for PTB, potentially big moments for the foundation, big moments for the club, big moments for us as fans. 1,600 people have said that they're going to just go all back to Boundary Park and do what they normally do. And that's their decision. And, you know, fair play to them. That's up to them to do. But I suggest that there's a, a good number more, another 3,500, 4,000, 5,000 even, Oldham fans in and around the town of Oldham that are not doing that. And I think what we need to do is we need to communicate with those people and say, right, well, what are we going to do now? How are we going to show our 
frustration and put pressure on something to change. Definitely. Huge. It's a massive summer for the club. I mean, as well said, if there is, a, is if there is anybody out there that does speak to Abdallahs and Moes, get the club up for sale and, and let, let people find a, a buyer for, for the club. Because there's been football clubs over, even during the pandemic, that have been taken over. So there's not, there's not really any reason why Oldham Athletic should be any different. That'd be ideal. Brand new ownership, start of the next season. We're allowed to go into the grounds. You know, we're just talking about football again. We're not talking about all this shit going on behind the scenes. No. We're not bitching and moaning all the time. Well, we might be bitching and moaning about football still being shit, but we need a change. We do. So, you heard it here first. I want to say Oldham Athletic, it's for sale. Can we not just sell it on his behalf? Can we Can we, Can we? we just start selling? Can we Can we start touting? Just whack it on eBay. Yeah, just post. I gotta just go up and put like some for sale. So does anyone know any estate agents? Uh, maybe if you're an estate agent, you can just go and stick a for sale sign on Boundary Park, and uh, yeah. you know maybe someone will come along and go, oh, okay, whatever. We're getting desperate, aren't we? At the end of the day, <laughs> we just want this to we want this to happen. So, well, it doesn't matter about the football now. It doesn't matter whether we win next week or whether we don't win. We're going to finish seventeenth or eighteenth or sixteenth, possibly. You know what did you say? Seventeenth was was the most, Danny. Did you say it's it's over? It's whatever. Football. It's all about it's all about this. It's all about the ownership. It's all about what they do next. Ball's in your court, Abdallah. Let's see what you what you made of. The Boundary Park Alert System is produced and hosted by me, Matt Dean. Additional research and production assistance is from Andy Halliwell and Stephen Shipman. You can access every episode of the podcast, read regular blog posts, subscribe to our mailing list and support the fantastic work that we do by purchasing official Boundary Park Alert System merchandise by visiting www.oafcpodcast.co.uk. You can contact me directly on Twitter at Dublin OAFC and the podcast is on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram at OAFC Podcast. If you'd like to support Push the Boundary, please visit www.pushtheboundary.co.uk for more information. The title music for the show is by Manchester DJ producer Starion and for more information, visit redlaserrecords.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.